just because of where they're born, you know, just not having won that geographical lottery, they're not able to get all the different things that we would have here in the States. But with Catalyst, it's pretty much opening the doors up for anybody in the world to create a business. If they have an idea, they can access capital. Hello and welcome to the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jordan. And me, Jim. Where we take the cryptic out of crypto. We're not financial advisors, but we just love the world of crypto and want to make it simple for you to understand. Today's show is sponsored by Zumo, the crypto wallet making it easier than ever to buy, own and sell crypto. Zumo, smart money for everyone. We have got an incredible episode for you today. We've got Pratesh from Kaizen Crypto here to chat all things Cardano. He is one of the nicest guys I've met in crypto so far, and his knowledge of Cardano is unmatched. We hope you enjoy this one. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jim. And me, Jordan. And today we are absolutely super delighted to have a fabulous guest all the way from the United States, Pratesh from Kaizen Crypto. How are you? Hey, Jim, Jordan. Really nice to be here, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us all about yourself. Where, where are you based? What um, is it nine o'clock in the morning? I think it's 5 p.m. here just now. Uh, yeah, no, I think we're doing okay on time. It's about 12 in the afternoon right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. So I've got the uh, Kaizen Crypto YouTube channel. Uh, we've been talking about Cardano since 2019. So we're actually coming up on two years for our YouTube channel. Uh, and that's led us to become a stake pool operator. We've started an NFT project. Uh, so really seeing the uh, potential for Cardano and talking about it, uh, you know, I'm an ambassador for the project as well. So really became passionate about the project, just getting into the whole crypto thing. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I've been doing YouTube now for a couple of years, and that's really kind of led me on to create other avenues within the project as well. It's awesome. So what, what actually got you into crypto? So you say about two years ago, you started Kaizen Crypto. How did this, how did this come about? Uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan, it's, um, it's a long story, actually, but I guess just to kind of simplify it a little bit. Um, so I've always been interested in investing, right? Um, you know, always a, a learner of like different ways to create other sources of income for myself. There was a famous quote by uh, Warren Buffett, I think, and he said that, if you don't make money while you sleep, you'll work until you die. So, you know, thinking about stuff like that, I was like, okay, so what are some ways that I can earn passive income uh, aside from my job? Like, what are some different things that I can do? So looking at cryptocurrency and don't get me wrong at first, you know, it was always uh, maybe, and I was always a little bit skeptical about it at first. I was a little bit on the fence. I had first heard about it from some friends who were doing some things on Silk Road back in the day. Um, so, you know, of course, the entry uh, into crypto, like I, I learned that, okay, maybe it was something that you could use to buy drugs or something like that. So never really gave it too much thought in the early days. But um, as I started to learn more about blockchain technology and some of the use cases that we see aside from just payments and money, uh, talking about things like uh, identity and voting. So things like that started to pique my interest. And then just trying to do more research on it myself that kind of led me to Cardano. Um, so that kind of is like my backstory with cryptocurrency. And then as far as how that led me to create Kaizen Crypto, 
um, I was really passionate about the project and I wanted to like learn about it and then kind of document my journey throughout the process. Um, I remember back in the early days of some of this stuff, I mean, the technology was just so clunky, you know, it, it's nothing yeah. like it is now. And it's amazing to see the progress the space has made in just a short amount of time. Um, but then as far as creating the content, you know, just putting out videos, I mean, I got to say, looking back at some of the earlier videos, they were just bad. You know, <laughs> you, you go through that process and you're just like, wow, you see where you came from after doing it for so long. But it's amazing just to see my personal growth throughout this journey. And um, yeah, you know, just evolving over time uh, before the videos were just just like me talking into a microphone, me recording the screen. Uh, but it's led me on to create this podcast, you know, talking with people like yourself, uh, you know, just getting to hear from people from all across the world and their experiences in crypto. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a bit of the story about the journey down the rabbit hole there. You, so I've, I've listened to your YouTube channel, Kaizen Crypto, for a long time. You, you come across, Pratesh, as one of the most personable and polite interviewers. Um, and I Thank wonder... You. I wonder how recently, as so many people, new people have come on, if you've seen uh, some of the viewers being a little more creative or hostile in the way they uh, leave comments or um, or, or, or there's still, is there still a strong community. Yeah, I mean, what I've noticed recently is that sometimes when I create content, I look and see the comments uh, and a lot of people now are are coming into Cardano because what they've seen recently with the price. Mm. Uh, and, you know, back at, before when I was first starting to make these videos, it wasn't so much the price, right? I think ADA was like 10 cents for the longest time, you know, but uh, here we are, Cardano is over a dollar and 50 cents or something like that, you know, even market being down just a little bit, but uh, just amazing to see where we are right now with price. I think a lot of people have come into crypto recently, just seeing what has happened with the price, things like Cardano, Dogecoin, a lot of these altcoins um, that have just really exploded recently. So it's unfortunate we do have a bit of that going on right now, where I feel like a lot of people are more interested in getting rich quick, as opposed yeah. to the fundamentals of the underlying technology. So it's one of those things I feel like as the market matures, we'll probably see less of that. Um, but then again, you know, just so goes to show how early we are. And I recall around about August last year, I think it was July, August, when the Shelley upgrade on Cardano was just was all plugged in and it was sitting about 10 cents, as you said. And I think it I think it rose to about 17 cents at one point, and then back down. And then there was a long, long wait throughout the winter when there was so much going on. And even myself got a little bit frustrated. Because I thought, crikey, there's Polkadot and other projects seem to be doing stuff. And, but Cardano was kind of slow. But then in the last three months, it has just rocketed away up. Yep. And as you say, people have, people have been on the surfboard surfing that wave, but now it's stopped. And that doesn't really bother us. Okay, people could say you've made some gains, but we're not in this for three months. We're in this for 10 years. Exactly, exactly. And for me, one thing I would say that's really helped to put things into perspective is the stake pools. Uh, so we actually operate Cardano stake pools. And for me, that has been more so this business that we've created. And it really helps to, I guess, 
separate myself from the day-to-day price swings. Uh, Because if you look at it from a day-to-day price movement, I mean, it's just, it's an emotional roller coaster, (laughs) you know, just having the stomach for some of these price swings. It's like, oh my goodness, it can be hard to sleep sometimes, but uh, very, very grateful for all the support from the community. We're so fortunate enough to have our stake pools, which has really allowed me to put things in a perspective and think long-term. Yeah. And that passive income. So let me go back. Would you class yourself as a millennial? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a young guy. (laughs) Yeah. So you're a millennial. I think Jordan's a Gen Z. Yeah. Um, And, and part of our podcast is I'm, I'm a kind of boomer, older boomer type guy, but but Jordan and I have got the crypto in common and and we shared, we share this uh, passion for the technology and what it could do in the future. But when you talk about the Warren Buffett quote and sources of income, it's really interesting that people still don't fully appreciate that, yes, Cardano can go up and down in price, but every five days at the end of each epoch, you get rewards. Yeah, yeah, like clockwork. Yeah, and I take it you, you're in your head and the fact that you're a stake pool operator and you probably stake as well, it's just like filling up a piggy bank every five days. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where, I mean, let's talk about what we're seeing right now in the world with traditional finance. If you and I were to go to a bank, let's say maybe we have a thousand dollars, you know, a very modest sum of money and we don't want it sitting in cash. I mean, we would like that money to start working and start earning some type of interest. You go to a bank or any of these traditional institutions and, you know, they'll look at you like, you know, okay, this is just another cog in the machine, right? Like they, they don't look at you as a person. I think it's more so like, Hey, this person is giving us this money, right? It's like, almost like you're a number. Um, so that's one thing I've noticed, especially just dealing with these banks. Uh, but then the other thing also is as far as what you can expect to earn and yield it, you would be lucky if it was about 1%, yeah. you know, I think even now some countries are going into negative interest rates where you're having to pay the bank money just to keep your money in the bank. So to think that with ADA, you're not only holding a appreciating asset in terms of the underlying value of the currency, but uh, you're also earning passive income. Every five days you get paid Uh, and it's nothing that you would have to do. Let's say if you don't have the technical experience to run a stake pool, you can simply delegate it to somebody like myself who is maintaining the network and you you don't have to think twice about it. It's the best day of the week. Like. When, when you see it's the end of an epoch and you know you're getting your rewards, it's amazing. So as a stake pool operator, is that now your full-time job? Well, I would say between the stake pools, the content, the NFT business, I feel like there's a lot of moving parts in my business at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I do treat it like a full-time job. Uh, I take it very seriously. You know, we are always trying to improve. Uh, we've got so many delegators that, uh, you know, look up to us. So uh, it's something that is taking a considerable amount of time. So, yeah, I would consider it a full-time job. Can I just ask off the top of your head, Pratesh, how how much stake, uh, how much uh, Cardano is your, Ada, is your stake pool holding at the moment? Uh, so we've got a few, um, and that is in an effort to help accommodate everybody who wants to support us. Um, I would say right now it's about a hundred million between our pools. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely, it's considerable and, uh, you know, that's why I treat it so carefully. It's like, why 
I invest so much time in it because I think about every single person who's delegating to our pools as somebody like family, right? It's, it's a customer, it's a delegator, it's somebody who uh, wants to support us on this journey. So, you know, it's, it's something that I treat almost like a personal relationship, uh, you know, just kind of nurturing that along. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Very humbling to even get to that point. But I mean, to be, to become a Cardano stake pool operator takes a little bit of entrepreneurship and yes. um, a lot of responsibility and accountability, because if you just now are sitting with 0.1 billion ADA in your stake pools and you're supporting the network, there's, that's a big part of the whole cog. And yeah. even, and, and just to, I know we've talked about Cardano in the podcast a lot, but that stake is as you say, it's supporting the network, it's staked there and it gives it strength and it gives it security? Uh, yeah, so with the, with the stake pools, pretty much the, the people who delegate to the pool, uh, I guess what that would be is when you delegate to the stake pool, it's your, uh, you're helping to secure the network pretty much. Um, I guess with a proof of stake blockchain, it's a little bit different than proof of work. Like with Bitcoin, you've got these miners who are validating transactions they're competing to solve the next block in the chain. Um, and what they'll do is they'll take these computational resources in order to, I guess, secure the network. And with Cardano, it's a proof of stake blockchain. So it's going to work just a little bit differently in that the amount of stake that you hold is what's actually used to mint these blocks and create the security for the network. Um, so I would think that ADA, when you think about it like a... Uh, from a protocol level, it acts as a way to secure the network pretty much. And then the benefit of doing so is that you actually get paid those rewards. Yeah. So it's a, it's like a win-win, you know, the network benefits <laughs> by you holding ADA and you benefit by holding ADA by earning income. I think one of the, one of the really interesting things that's happened over the last month. So I think we're all aware, but at the beginning of June, 2021 and the crypto markets, you know, Bitcoin's gone from $64,000. I think just now it's teetering on $30,000. There's talk of it going to $20,000. And so a lot of weak hands, as they say, a lot of people are bailing out. They're taking their money out. They're not holding. But if you look at the strength of Cardano and ADA, I think four months ago, we had a roughly 70 to 71% staked and we still have that staked. So everyone yeah. who's staking is still staking their Cardano and they're not selling it. What 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 is selling off is the kind of new people that came in, bought and are now terrified they're trying to get rid of it. Yeah, just to see some of these metrics. Um, there are so many different uh, influencers on social media like Twitter and YouTube and talking about the different data points that are available for Cardano. Uh, yeah, you're right. 70%, I think more than 70% at this point is staked. So what that means is pretty much these funds are, you know, they're secure. They're pretty much being held in wallets right now and delegated to a pool. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of the selling that we see right now is a lot of the retail FOMO because of what we've seen recently. Like you said, Jim, was Bitcoin going all the way up to $60,000 coming back dropping 50%. I mean, that'll shake a lot of people out, especially the new people that were in it for a quick buck. But it's nice to see that Cardano is still holding up so strong fundamentally. I think, unfortunately, the market is still at the point where whatever happens with Bitcoin, it's going to drag the entire market along with it. Yeah. 
I think that's just where we are right now as in terms of the maturity of cryptocurrency. But I think from a fundamental standpoint, people see what's coming for Cardano, right? Like we haven't even experienced what's to come with Gogan and smart contracts, DeFi. I mean, just thinking about all the amazing things that'll be built on Cardano, it's uh, it's amazing. And I think that people are looking at that and they see the true long-term potential for Cardano. Yeah, we heard Charles Hoskinson, um, he came out with a video recently saying, you know, I wake up in the morning and one ADA is still one ADA. And <laughs> I'm building I'm building probably the world's best blockchain platform. Uh, we're building something for the future, for massive scale and interoperability and super security and super fast. He said, but yeah. I wake up and if Bitcoin falls, my company share price falls and there's nothing I can do about that. And if, it, if you were simply valuing it on like a, a, a normal sort of startup or scale up, like a venture fund, it would be getting overfunded and the shares would be skyrocketing just now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you wake up and then the value can tank 20%, 30%. And it's amazing to see also recently what we saw with uh, Elon Musk. I know there's a lot of uh, sentiment going on right now related to that just because of the way he's been treating uh, his tweets related to cryptocurrency. And a lot of people like that may not realize it. Uh, and I was having a conversation with my dad the other day as well, because I recently got him into crypto too, which has been pretty fun. That's been exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were going back and forth about the whole Elon Musk thing. And he was, he was telling me about, you know, these people that wake up in these developing economies that use crypto as a means to provide for themselves and their families, like they're experiencing things that here in the developed part of the world, like I live in the United States, we have the benefit of having the world reserve currency. You know, it's something that a lot of people take for granted. Um, but to think about the people who are living in, say, Africa or Central America, you know, the people who don't have all the luxuries that we would in the developed parts of the world, you know, they wake up and then all of a sudden their purchasing power is cut by 30% because of a tweet from Elon Musk and, you yeah. know, things like that. It's very disheartening to some people. So hopefully we do see some type of changes there. I think regulation would also benefit the entire space, uh, maybe not to the point where it's hurting the individual and the businesses building on crypto, but rather providing some type of framework so that, you know, a simple tweet can't pump or dump the price 30% or, you know, some type of legislation that would just provide more clarity. Uh, so I think that the, uh, the space has a lot of growing up to do for sure. But, you know, just some of those things, they're, uh, they're definitely going to have to play out over time. Next up, we chat about the upcoming Cardano upgrade and explain what the Catalyst Fund is. But first, a little word about Zumo. Imagine being able to use one wallet to buy, store, and even exchange your crypto into pounds, which can then be spent online. That's exactly what Zumo have built. And what makes it better? It's very simple to navigate. To open your own wallet, just head over to the link in our show notes below. Right, back to the episode. I like the fact that Charles calls it uh, an industry, and um, you're 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 part of that industry because you're you've got 
you've got technology and you've got hardware and you're 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 looking after people's stake. I wonder where do you see the next five years going, Pratesh, in terms of you know you've got you've got DeFi, you've got things like Coty and payment cards and payment rails that are going to be built on Cardano. Do you see the day where you have your, for example, Coty card or some form of credit card and you literally be able to go between your Cardano and dollars and you wouldn't use a bank? Yes. Yeah, I I really do see that coming up very soon. Um, one thing that's really cool to see with uh, Coty, you mentioned uh, they've got the pay solution. So things like that, I feel like making it seamless for merchants to accept ADA as payments, you know, for the everyday average person, just having an app on your smartphone where you can transfer value between assets. Uh, you'd never have to touch a bank and the, uh, the good or service that you had purchased with that cryptocurrency would have never even realized that you paid with crypto. So I think things like that, that's really going to be that moment in time where we can say that crypto, you know, it's achieved that level of use that we would like to have uh, from an end user standpoint. Uh, so yeah, I definitely do see things like that coming up in the very near future. Uh, also excited about DeFi. You know, a lot of the uh, ability to lend and borrow. Uh, so things like that, I feel like we really haven't even experienced what that's like on Cardano. We've definitely seen it happen on Ethereum and we've seen the potential that it's had and the amount of explosive growth that there was for it. Uh, so just to think about when that comes true for Cardano and we see all these amazing projects being built, uh, I think that's really going to drive the the um, industry forward. 100%. That actually leads us really nicely into a lot of our listeners know about Cardano and because we talk about it quite a lot. And we've obviously got a big event coming up with Alonzo. So would you be able to explain just in a simple summary of what exactly this is? So Alonzo is going to be a network upgrade I guess just to put it in simple terms, yeah. you're really not going to be even uh, able to tell that anything happened except that we'll have these applications now. Uh, so it's a very seamless process how they've uh, went through uh, being able to upgrade the protocol. So you know, from an end user standpoint, you're not going to be able to tell that anything happened, but what will happen with Alonzo is smart contracts. So if you think about Ethereum, right, you've got these applications built on the blockchain. That's going to come for Cardano. Uh, making it so that people who want to write these applications can now program code, right? Create and build these dApps. Uh, and what that's going to do, I think, is really going to start to create businesses. Like, I feel like businesses have been built on Cardano, but they've been in the form of stake pools. So these stake pools right now are like the backbone of the protocol. They're validating transactions, they're minting blocks. But then another form of businesses to be built on Cardano is going to be these applications, um, so that's pretty much what Alonzo is. We're looking forward to that hopefully within a few months. I mean, I would say that's probably going to be one of the biggest upgrades to the network um, besides Shelly. You know, when staking first came about, I would say that it's uh, very highly anticipated because what we've seen is a lot of people saying, once we do have this network upgrade, what's going to happen with Ethereum? You know, a lot of people have this thought up in the air of, when smart contracts are available on Cardano, it's a faster, cheaper, more scalable blockchain. Right now with Ethereum, it's having some issues. If you try and send a transaction on Ethereum, you might actually spend more in transaction fees than the amount of value you're trying to send. 
So, you know, that's where we are right now. So it'll be curious to see what happens with the overall markets as well. You know, if Cardano is going to come in with these applications and take some of that market share from Ethereum, um, you know, just thinking about some of the things like that. Uh, but Alonzo coming up within a few months, pretty much just smart contracts on Cardano. Yeah, just to pick up on what you said there, just to put it into perspective for the audience. So this week I transferred about 1 million RSR, which is the reserve rights token, um, from one exchange into my wallet. And the gas fees or the Ethereum fees um, were £30, £45, $45. Wow. On the same day, I transferred um, a substantial um, amount of Cardano from my Daedalus wallet to the Kraken exchange and it cost me, I think it was it was either 0.17 or 1.7 Cardano, and which yeah. which is a pound, which was ridiculous. So that that showed that what that shows you is when when businesses or other applications or other uh, crypto projects know and trust that they can build in Cardano and it's ready to go with smart contracts, the scale of the savings they will make and the customers users will make will be phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to benefit everybody because, yeah. uh, you know, you think about having a way to uh, provide a good or a service to a customer, keeping your costs low, not only benefits you by keeping more profit as the business owner, but it also benefits your customer by keeping prices low. Uh, so I think the same concept applies to blockchain with Cardano. If you have a way to be able to facilitate transactions that are relatively inexpensive, you can have many more people using it. Uh, which will, from a business standpoint, help your profits. And then it'll also help the end consumer because they don't have to spend an arm and a leg just to try and send value across the network. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I feel like people uh, with the mainstream now, what we've seen is that a lot of the hype around the NFTs, you know, a lot of these people now getting into all these applications that can be built. And we're just starting to see a small fraction of what's possible. But if you even think about sending an NFT, um, a lot of people, like we see Mark Cuban now getting involved. Uh, we see Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, a lot of these influencers now talking about crypto. So it, it goes to show you that the value proposition is there, but there's just no way you can spend a hundred bucks, 150 bucks for a transaction. It's just not possible to, to scale something like that. Uh, so Cardano is definitely going to fit that bill. I think it will be interesting that once... I think it's September. I mean, Charles Charles Hoskinson did say, "Look, this is the first time I'd seen him say a few times we could hit a few bumps in the road, so bear with us." But if it's done by September, um, I I think we'll be pleasantly surprised at the number of maybe Fortune five hundred companies and other things that he and the team have got going that actually say we're going to come out and build something pretty big on the Cardano blockchain. Yeah, that's that's one thing we've seen with a lot of these things as it comes to building software is that there are sometimes are delays. And I think having been in the project for as long as I have now since 2017, I've definitely seen that. But one thing that has also come across is the amount of rigor behind that. So you know that there is a quality product being built. And if there is any delay, I don't think that it would hinder the project 
you know, from a fundamental standpoint, I, I do think that they are going to deliver. Uh, so, you know, all things being equal, I would say it'd probably be better to have a little bit of a delay, making sure that we can roll it out successfully. Uh, seeing that we've waited this long up until this point, I don't think a couple of weeks would hurt anybody, but, but, uh, yeah, the things that they're building right now, it's, it's truly groundbreaking because we have to think about also is that it hasn't been one network upgrade after another. What they've done is they've built all these different phases of the project simultaneously. If we think about what we saw with Shelly, they had that feature going, but they also were thinking about the smart contracts. Now we're about to see Gogan and smart contracts. They were thinking about that, but also the governance aspect with Catalyst and Voltaire and being able to vote on different proposals that'll bring value to the ecosystem. So there's a whole bunch of different things that are being talked about at one time. Uh, but this event that's coming up with Alonzo is just going to give us that extra functionality with these smart contracts. Um, so you know, there's so many things going on right now. And I think once we get to the point now when we can scale the blockchain, so there's there's another phase of the project called Basho. And what we'll see with Basho is going to be scaling so that when we do have these millions and billions of users, eventually, we're able to facilitate those transactions. Yeah. And that's, so, so see, when you say that, when I hear you say that with so much conviction about having these hundreds of millions, if not billions of users, and then I see that the crypto market's tanking today, I would not, I could not sell one ADA because I know what's coming in three, five years time. Yep. It would just be crazy to do it. Jordan, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was, I was going to go down the route of, you mentioned the Catalyst Fund, and I was just thinking people, our listeners might not know what that is because um, it's a pretty big aspect was well, a big pot now um a big aspect to cardano and i noticed registrations are open so would you be able to just quickly explain what that is yeah absolutely uh, so catalyst is so catalyst now actually it's incredible to think about has become the world's largest innovation fund in a decentralized manner so we have this governance that's built on top of cardano and what it is right now, it basically allows people who want to bring value to the ecosystem. Let's say if you're a developer and you have a really cool idea, but you don't have the funding, right? So you have the idea in place, you've got the people in place, but you just have a lack of capital with Catalyst, essentially creating a way for people who have these ideas to submit a proposal so that anybody who holds ADA can vote and say, I would like for this proposal to get funded. There's a treasury built into Cardano, which allows for an allocation of funds to be used specifically for that. And what we'll see from that, I think, is a lot of value being brought to the blockchain because we've got these entrepreneurs now basically thinking that, hey, this is another way of gaining capital. It's like a seed fund, but uh, it's decentralized and anybody can participate, which makes it incredible because we have so many smart people from all over the world who maybe didn't win the geographic lottery. You know, I'm born here in the United States, but thinking about the people who live in Africa, you know, I've had so many amazing conversations from people who live in Africa, who have amazing ideas about ways blockchain can help change their lives where they live. Um, and 
just because of where they're born, you know, just not having won that geographical lottery, they're not able to get all the different things that we would have here in the States. But with Catalyst, it's pretty much opening the doors up for anybody in the world to create a business. If they have an idea, they can access capital. Um, and then as far as how you can participate, so anybody who holds ADA is eligible to vote. Uh, the minimum, I think, has been lowered all the way down from 8,000 ADA at the beginning when it started, now down to 500. So the barrier to entry has been considerably reduced. Um, and then the process to vote is very straightforward. I would actually recommend uh, if any of your viewers are interested, you know, please do feel free to check out some of the videos I've posted, um, just how-to videos, tutorials. You know, we talk about some of these proposals being submitted. Uh, I think that there would be a lot of value there as well if anybody did want to learn more about it. Uh, but that's what Catalyst is. You know, it's it's a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. Phenomenal. And again, just to give the, the viewers and listeners some context, if you had an idea, and I'm just going to float this. So let's say we live in Scotland and we wanted to create a lottery, a national lottery for Scotland if it became an independent country. I have got no idea how to create a lottery and I have got no idea how all the technology we needed to do it. I could go on to the catalyst. Uh, I could put my proposal in. Here's my idea and here's what it could do and here's, here's what it could generate and here's how it would make money and all the rest of it. And we could build it on Cardano. So it would be super secure and people could um, use ADA and, and win the prize in ADA, which would be phenomenal every, every week. But I can put my idea in, and if the if everyone likes it, I can get my, for example, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Cardano, and from there I can I'll say, what do you think you need? Well, I might need a CEO, and I might need someone who's who, who can code, and I might need something. And what that allows you is you can then bring a whole team around you for people who are interested in that product. You don't have to lead it. I mean, I don't know how to build a lottery. But you could have lots of people who are who think, I love that idea. It really works well. And I know, and then you can build, you could build your um all the breadth and the, the what do you call it, the bench strength in America? You call it the bench strength that could sit there yeah. and build this that build out this product. So like you said, Pratesh, all you need is the idea. You don't need don't need to have the know-how. It's very true. It's very true. I think that the people will find you if you have the idea. Um, that's what's so cool about it is you have this way to see everything that's being submitted. Um, and if you feel like you could contribute to one of your ideas, like let's say you have a lottery idea, you know, what, what you had mentioned, Jim, uh, if somebody feels like they could benefit, whether they are a CEO, whether they're a developer, whether they are a product manager, a marketer, you know, all these different moving parts, you, you can pretty much find these people and yeah. build a team just based on that. Phenomenal. So this week, Jordan and I have had so much fun sending each other little videos of the Bitcoin conference in Miami. And one of the guys that I listen to him, I listen to the Kaiser report because I do find him quite funny, um, Max Kaiser. And his, him and he, he has talked about macroeconomics for the last year. And some of it's really good. It makes a lot of sense. But he's on stage and he's got the big white suit on and he's, you know, blah, 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 Elon Musk, blah, 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 Elon Musk and all the rest of it. And, and it's almost like they're the Cardano 
fanboys or the the Cardano um, ambassadors, sorry, the, the Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Bitcoin ambassadors. You're a Cardano ambassador. Now, the Cardano ambassadors quietly go about their work, don't they? Yeah, Jim, if I ever get up on stage in a white suit and start doing that kind of stuff, <laughs> I, I'm going to need you to call me out on that one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I saw that and I thought, wow, this is, uh, you know, this is something else. I mean, there's one thing to be passionate about a project, but there's something else to be just attention seeking. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that's one thing I will say. I'm very, um, I'm very grateful for it because our community, I feel like, is just overall very humbled. Uh, and we were more so focused on keeping our nose to the grind and building rather than hyping. Uh, and that's just something that I'm really really taken aback by sometimes because it's almost like a breath of fresh air when you see stuff like that. What we saw at the Bitcoin conference, I saw a post from Charles Hoskinson uh, and he said, this is starting to get a little bit connecty. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, for the audience who might not be aware, BitConnect was this massive Ponzi scheme. You, you had these guys involved in, in something like that as a big pyramid scheme. Uh, so it, it had those type of vibes, but, uh, yes, that's one big difference with the Cardano community. Very humble, very, uh, very passionate, but also, you know, not, not loud, not loud and arrogant. Do you think later down the line, do you think we'll maybe have like the same, but like a Cardano conference, obviously it won't be people getting up on stage in white suits and saying this, that, and the other, but do you think I would love to meet obviously post-pandemic um when everything's settled down i'd love to meet the community in person do you think this will be possible absolutely yeah they actually have planned one i'm not sure if it's going to be completely in person jordan but uh, i love the idea you know me personally i would also love to meet all the members in the community we've just got so many amazing people from around the world I think that what they're planning on doing with this Gogan event uh, with Alonzo is some type of Cardano summit. Uh, so hopefully this year we will see something, whether it's in September or August. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in person. It might be online just because of what you said, you know, with COVID. Uh, but uh, we'll see. But I am hoping that we have something like that. Yeah. So for Jordan, Pratesh, we have... I think it's over 2,000 active stake pools just now. And I think Charles's dream is to, I, th I think he said five or 10,000 in terms of where they'll be needed to support the system as it grows over the next uh, 10 years. So I'm trying to get Jordan to start his own stake pool here in Scotland. And he's like, oh, it's, maybe it's too late. And I don't think it's too late if, if you plan for the future. What do you think, Pratesh? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I definitely don't think it's too late. I think it is, it's past the point where you miss the first mover advantage, to be fair. Uh, I would say it's never too late. And the benefit that what you guys have right now, Jordan, is that you've got a platform. Um, you know, just if I could provide any type of insight to anybody who's interested in starting a stake pool, it would be to create content. Yeah. Um, whatever type of content it is, even if you are a developer, even if you're somebody who doesn't have a background in cryptocurrency, uh, maybe you have no idea as it comes to the technical aspects related to Cardano and running a stake pool. But if you're able to share your opinions and reach a community, 
that is going to set yourself up for success uh, because running the snake pool is one thing, right? You're going to have to get the technical knowledge. You're going to have to get the hardware, but what you would need to do after that is the tricky part. Mm. So building the community, you know, having the people around you to support your stake pool, that is going to be what sets you apart. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very tempting. It's, I've, been, I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, I just haven't pulled the pin yet and actually done it. Yeah, what, uh, where have you gotten so far? Just asking around and just trying to find out what's the most important part of it. And I, I think it all comes down to the marketing side of it and just getting that community in and delegating. No, definitely. Definitely. I, I do think that that's probably one of the most important aspects of it. Uh, but give it a go, man. Give it a go. Yeah. I would say, you know, the worst <laughs> thing that can happen is it doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would try it. Um, and even now it's so amazing to see with what Cardano is doing, you know, it's proof of stake. It doesn't require all these heavy machinery, like with all these other proof of work chains, you know, you've got these massive ASIC miners, these big warehouses, you can run a little raspberry Pi. you know, one of those yeah. little single board computers. Um, you can spin up a node on a little raspberry Pi. see if you're uh, liking it, you know, I would say at least you got to enjoy what you do. So, you know, if it's something exactly. that you enjoy and, you know, you see yourself doing might be worth to invest a little bit more in some longer term hardware, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, try it out on a try little it. raspberry pie, you know, <laughs> see if it works for you. And Pratesh, so cryptocurrency, your, your YouTube channel, your stake pool operator for Cardano, you're an ambassador, you're, you're pretty much immersed in blockchain and cardano does that spill over to your friends and family and then you chat about it a lot or do they say no no protest no can you talk about something else or or is it or in america or in your circle is is cryptocurrency creeping into more conversations oh 100 it has definitely affected my personal life <laughs> <laughs> my my brother often has to tell me to keep quiet because i'll just keep on talking about cardano <laughs> yeah yeah. But it's, uh, it's rewarding in the sense that because I was so passionate about it from an early point, I got my brother in it. I got my sister in it, my dad, my mom, my grandparents. I got everybody involved in it. Okay. And they're looking at me now and they're like, wow, I'm so glad you didn't, uh, you didn't keep it to yourself. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, they would prefer if I didn't talk about it all the time, but when you're, when you're so passionate about something, when you have so much conviction um, and it's what I do, you know, it's every, every day I wake up and I think about what we can do to build on Cardano. I mean, that's just who I am at this point. So yes, I would say that it has wow. certainly come into my personal life. But one thing that I'm also seeing uh, to answer the second part of that question is it is becoming a much more relevant topic in everyday conversations now. Uh, I've got friends who before had no idea about blockchain, cryptocurrency. Um, one thing that had definitely kind of piqued their interest was what we saw recently back with this whole Wall Street bets movement. Mm. Um, so that was an interesting ordeal back just a couple months ago. And that really started to pique people's interest of why blockchain matters. You know, is it something that they can get into? Um, so Yes, I think that the conversation is also being brought up much more frequently. Yeah. I think we can feel your passion and your interest. <laughs> um, Jordan and I, 
from watching your your YouTube videos, you know how how you feel about it, and just having you on, we've just spent forty five minutes and it's just flown in with you, um, and and you know so much about Cardano and you know so much about cryptocurrencies. So everyone listening, I would absolutely say go to Kaizen Crypto on YouTube. We'll put all the links and all your yeah. all your um, social links uh, in this podcast. Because if you want to hear awesome. someone who's an absolute gentleman uh, and so knowledgeable and so humble uh, and so entertaining, then Kaizen Crypto and Pratesh is your man. Wow. Thank you for that. That really means a lot. Um, thanks so much for coming on the Crypto Standard Podcast. When people listen to this, they're going to pick up so much and I get, I bet you a pound uh, I'll bet you a dollar that, that, that people will that people will find out about Catalyst and they'll want to find out more about stake pools and just the whole thing. So really well done and please keep doing what you're doing, Patek. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, guys. Jim, Jordan, it was such a pleasure. Um, definitely hoping I have the chance to come on and speak with you guys again. I had a lot of fun. What an episode that was. I actually got goosebumps when he was chatting about the Catalyst Fund and how it can provide so much opportunity to people. It shows the magnitude of what Cardano has built and is continuing to build in the future. Now, I've put all of Pratesh's details below, and if Cardano is a project you like the sound of and want to find out more, I would strongly recommend checking out his YouTube and social. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.